the skeleton ran out of shampoo in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, have you got a notepad and pen? I haven't got that. <laughs> <laughs> you, obviously, it's literally just press record. Have you got a notepad and pen? Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. I'm Austin. I'm Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are celebrating our 200th episode as we put No Time to Die on Trial. Now firstly I think I should probably let you all know how we distinguish between the two Daves here. So we call Dave Roberts, uh, the, the, the latter one, Big Dave because he's taller and the obvious logical conclusion to naming the other Dave is by calling him Captain Dave. <laughs> so, <laughs> Captain Dave. And uh, how, how did we come about that name? Yeah, I don't remember. I, I seem to remember you, you wore a big jumper into school once and I said you looked like a sea captain. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, but we did have a very strict uniform policy, so I don't see it. It's <laughs> you've, you've always looked like a sea captain. I, to me. Like <laughs> a sea, yeah. you know, I mean, I've gone grey in the last few years. So it's like, I even, think I always just instinctively salute you. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. To be fair, Dave, fair play to you. You figured out what your look was very early on. <laughs> and to be honest with you, it's better than being known as Little Dave. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, secondly, just to say, can you believe that it's been 200 episodes of Films on Trial? I know. Um, so I, I thought what we could do here briefly before we go on to the trial is have a little period of reflection to talk about what our favourite episodes are. Is that or, wise? Is that wise? <laughs> I, was say, I don't think we want to go. So I was a, thinking about we could rile ourselves up a, for this a, episode. There's a lot of buried anger and <laughs> yeah. recriminations here. I think best. Just let's not pull on the thread. I don't think. So what were you saying before, Alex? I was saying that I feel like we've chilled out fairly recently. I was listening to a few of the episodes that we've put on and I feel a bit calmer and then I listened back to The Rock and it was not calm at all. Like we, were very, <laughs> we, were, we were extremely angry and shouting at each other. It starts off calm and then by the end of it, we're just honestly just incoherently shouting at each other. So I don't know if the listeners prefer it when we're shouting at each other. Maybe that's our thing, but we've definitely calmed down. So I was hoping, I mean, I'm a judge, I'm hoping that we can get back to that old spirit we had. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd like today. Well, I will say that... So uh, for all the listeners out there, I have a very, very special treat later on. I have a big bumper quiz. A big, <laughs> a big bumper <laughs> quiz. And uh, yeah, and it might have something to do with films on trial. Ooh. But in preparation for, for this, I went back and I re-listened to every episode of films Are on you trial. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, like very, very condensed to just like give a very, very brief overview. But I agree with everything Alex said. I think we just started a new job. I, I, no, I'm, I'm saying this is this is what I've done over the past 24 hours. As soon as I finished work yesterday, I listened to every single episode on, on Fast Forward. Christ. And uh, yeah. 200 hours. <laughs> yeah, 200 hours condensed into 24, honestly. And uh, yeah, I agree with Alex. There was a very, there's a lot of shouting early on. Some of the episodes as well, like you can hear that we're very upset. <laughs> oh no, I remember we were. I remember, there's, no, yeah. <laughs> there's no joking. But I agree with Alex. I think that we have mellowed out quite a lot. I think that now even if i'm quite passionate about a film i don't really care if it goes on the hits or shit list it's about the actual trial and it's about the enjoyment itself what what would you say is the 
the film that you remember caring about the most? The one I that would, hurt the most? I would say, and listen back to it, it's very obvious. It's Jurassic World. And I, think, <laughs> I think after that moment, when everyone went home, and I sat down, I was cleaning up all the plates afterwards. I did have a moment to think, oh, my God, maybe I took this a bit far. Maybe I was a bit too invested. Maybe yeah. I sounded a bit like a tit. So. <laughs> but we all had that. Yeah. I don't think I've been as invested in a film since then, to be honest, because I don't want to embarrass myself. But hey, what, what about yourself? A turning point for me was planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> Fairly recently, I uh, lost my shit. And uh, basically, people were, were attacking my precious childhood and John Candy. And I uh, <laughs> I didn't handle it well. <laughs> Even though the format of the entire podcast is that we're meant to attack the film, I didn't handle it well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Maybe. It might be another one. But <laughs> it's, really, it's full credit to yourself because... What it was is that you were like very, you prepared really good arguments. So whenever Dave and I were countering them, we were directing it to you. Because whatever John was doing, just shit. <laughs> we were saying like, oh, no, what Alex meant, or I'd like to come back on what Alex said. And it wasn't because we were attacking you, it was because Joel was offering nothing sure. to your arguments. I'm fine about it now, guys, there's no need. <laughs> uh, Captain Dave, what about you? Uh, well, I think Tree of Life is always gonna <laughs> is always gonna stick in there. I just the injustice that came along with Tree of Life. I oh, think is, is Dave, really don't let's not. But, uh, please, not. please, let's go. But, yeah, what yeah. was the injustice, Dave? The injustice I feel was okay. So Joel was set up to judge that one, wasn't he? Uh, Gav, Gav? Yeah. Gav no. No, no, Joel. Gav swapped. Oh, yeah. Gav swapped with Joel. <laughs> Because he said, oh, well, Joel's never going to watch it, is he? So, it's like, And now you've made him. Now your excuse doesn't make sense, Gab. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. Uh, and now he swapped Joel out as the judge, made Joel watch it, which he says is the reason why he swapped him out so he didn't have to, and then put Tree of Life on the hit list based solely on one sentence that Alex said. Whoa, whoa, It changed whoa, my life. These are your words. That was probably the, the final nail on the coffin, but... It was more about Alex's overall argument. True, but you put Thank this film you. on the hit list, and then I said, this is why we make the judge watch it now. Yeah, yeah. I said, right, well, you're going to have to watch Tree of Life now, Gav, and see what you've done. He was like, no, it sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, it's like, I did a pretty good job prosecuting that. The film does sound terrible. He gave it to Alex out of the goodness of his heart. No, no, so, no to be fair, Alex had a very, very good argument. Thank you, Gav. But, Thank but, you, Gav. Uh, you know, just because something is very good and artistic and beautiful and well-written and well-directed doesn't mean that I want to go and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what about yourself, Ozzy? One of my favourite ones is uh, maybe Suicide Squad because I was in Japan at the time and I listened to the uh, the recording almost immediately after it had been uh, been recorded and 10 minutes in, everyone just gave up and just slated it for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. There was no trial. I felt like it had gone to shit after I'd left. Country, but, uh, but it was a good episode. Show trial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I've, I've captured a lot of these highlights and, and uh, hopefully, well, maybe, stay tuned and they might come up again later on. Uh, but I think what we'll do now is we'll just move uh, directly onto the trial, if that's okay with everyone. Now, before we go on to the trial, our last film on trial was Free Guy. And I can't remember who judged that. Uh, I want to say Joel, <laughs> maybe. Oh, Joel? I judged that one. Oh, you pushed oh, yeah, go on. <laughs> and I popped it onto the hit list. Okay, I'm torn about my decision. To be honest with you, I I, I sort of see the the defenses uh, like arguments for it, but to be perfectly honest, I, I everything I said about it being a, essentially him turning to Will Ferrell mm. is exactly what that, that film was. So uh, 
I think he, I got that. I think I got it wrong. If if he if he does another film where he's just Ryan Reynolds again, then it might be it might be one too far for me. I, I don't think that that's a bad thing to be honest. I mean, there's so many actors that just play themselves, and I think Will Ferrell's a good example. And I think the majority of Will Ferrell films I really like. And I think obviously you're going to really have a bad time next Christmas when, <laughs> when Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds release a Christmas film together. <laughs> it's going to be a hard watch for you, that one. Uh, so, okay, right. So we'll move on to the trial now. So all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So in the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Austin, the man with the golden microphone, Ray, and Gav, Dr. No! Hodson. I think his prosecution trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Captain Dave Thunderballs Farrow <laughs> and License to Thrill Dave Roberts. Uh, I prefer now, a doctor, no license. <laughs> <laughs> Not practicing. Now, what we do here is just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear what they really thought. Now, this week, Alex will be playing the judge and he has to decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. And after listening back to 199 films on trial episodes, I can safely say that Alex is the definition of live and let live. (laughs) 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 I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if after all this time, he was very, very much live and let die. Uh, (laughs) Because I can honestly foresee a future where I'm like Mr. White at the end of Casino Royale. (laughs) Just going about my daily business and then Alex guns me down. But instead of looking shocked like Mr. White did, all 199 episodes and hundreds more insults will flash before my eyes. And my final <laughs> words to Alex will be, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, before we get started, I think we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So, let us spin the Wheel of Impressions. Okay, and that has landed on, oh, Joel, uh, but Joel's not here, so actually Joel's been replaced by Dave, so Big Dave, I should say. So what we do here, Big Dave, is we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. So how would we like Dave to read the synopsis? I mean, would a standard Sean Connery, or is there, is there a good accent in the film? I haven't seen Can it. we say half... Uh, oh, can, can we divide this synopsis all the bonds. In, into all the bonds? <laughs> <laughs> so start off Sean Connery, go to sort of slightly Australian George Lazenby, then go to ultra <laughs> English Roger Moore, then go to slightly, uh, oh no, well, what's Timothy Dolan? Is he Welsh? Yeah, he but is. Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound it. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Dolan, then slightly Irish uh, Pierce Brosnan, and then Daniel Craig. Sure. All right, I'll do my best. <laughs> nice. James Bond has left active service. His peace is short-lived when Felix Leiter... Oh, my phone's turned itself off. (laughs) Felix Leiter, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. (laughs) Bond has left active service. How does Roger Moore That's sound? good, that's good. That's fantastic. Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life <laughs> in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for help. Um, who's next? Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, no, Stoughton. Stoughton. Um, uh, 
It's a tricky one. Welsh. The mission to rescue a scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected. Leading Bond into the trail of a mysterious villain armed as Iris, isn't he? I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think Leaving Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Absolutely brilliant. Threw you well and truly into the deep end there, but the shark infested the tank, but you came off victorious. So, yeah, without further hesitation, let's pass it over to Alex. Okay, No Time to Die. It's a big film, big film for our 200th episode. I think I'm going to go with the defence first off. I'd like a bit of an overview. Is this... And sort of, can you tell me, you know, where does this stand in the bond a little bit? You know, what's what's it about? What's the hook? Is it just... My main question here is, is it just following your standard bond, fall asleep sort of plot? Is there a bit more to this? Okay, well, I'll give you a very brief overview, but I think I'm going to end on a bit of a cliffhanger, uh, which is probably a point that is going to be discussed, and I think probably Captain Dave will want to come in at that point. Ooh. So I'll just, I'll just provide a, an overview, because quite a lot does happen here, because this film is trying to wrap up everything that happens within the Daniel Craig Bond era, successfully, I might add. Include, well, thank you, good one. <laughs> well done. Uh, including the, uh, what, starting from Casino Royale? Starting from Casino Royale, yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll try and do a very, very brief overview. So it starts with a young Madeline Swan who witnesses the murder of her mother by uh, Dave, uh, correct, uh, Captain Dave, correct pronunciation? Uh, what's what's Rami Malek's uh, character? Oh, right, Lucifer. Le- yeah, Lucifer. Lucifer. Satan. Sorry, Lucifer. Lu- Lu- Lucifer. Lucifer. Satan. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, point point yeah. to the prosecution, but carry on. <laughs> How could we really emphasise this guy's a shit? Um, could we call him the devil? Uh, yeah. So he is avenging the death of his father at the hands of Mister White, Madeline's dad. But Madeline flees. Bond Wait, sorry. Whoa, sorry. You're gonna have to back up a bit. Yeah. My, Mr. White, the guy who got shot at the end of Casino oh, yeah. Royale, so, so, so Madeline's a, dad. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. That was revealed, Inspector. Uh, it's it's very complicated. <laughs> okay, You're yeah, gonna yeah. have to sort of like break it down. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so so, so yeah. Mr. White from from Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, he is Madeline's dad. Right. And he, uh, we find that our Inspector, and at the end of Inspector, Bond and Madeline go off happy ever after after Blofeld has has been captured. Yes. So it's Bond a flashback. Oh, worth knowing that. Good, thanks. It was a flashback to when she's she's very young and basically Safin is avenging the death of his father, but she manages to flee. So then we come back to the modern day. Ah, yeah, yeah. Madeline and Bond are on a break and happy about uh, after the capture of Blofeld at the end of Spectre, but Madeline convinces Bond to visit the grave of Vesper. He is nearly blown up by Spectre and he thinks that Madeline is to blame, so he forces her to leave and never see him again. Five years later, MI6 scientist Valdo Obruchev is kidnapped from an MI6 laboratory in addition to Project Hercules, which is a bioweapon containing nanobots that infect like a virus upon touch and are coded to an individual's specific DNA, rendering it lethal to the target but harmless to others. Alex... (laughs) Hang sorry, with me sorry, there. Hang sorry. On. sorry, no, I am, I am. Carry so on. Bond is called back to active duty and offers to help his old friend Felix to infiltrate a Spectre party and retrieve the bioweapon, but all of Spectre are killed. Bond captures the scientist. All, everyone in Spectre. Yeah. Well, yeah, every single Spectre. Bond. Like double cross. Yeah, yeah. Shit party. They're double crossed and they all die because of this nano, nanotech that infects them all. Uh, so the only surviving member is Blofeld, who's Oof. in prison. 
So Bond captures the scientist, but both he and Felix are betrayed by another CIA agent who is working for Safin and who kills Felix. Uh, so Madeline is infected with nanobots to kill Blofeld. Bond stops her, but Blofeld dies anyway. Um, and then Whoa, Blofeld dies. Blofeld wait, dies. Yeah. Wait, 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 what minute are we up to? It's a lot of fucking shit. Yeah, this is about halfway. So, about halfway. So, so, um, shit, so Madeline okay. basically is threatened by Safin, and he says, I'm going to kill your daughter, basically, if you don't uh, kill Blofeld. So he injects her with the nanobots. Who's Safin? Sorry. Safin, gives her a perfume. Yeah, gives her a perfume. Can we just call him Lucifer? Yeah, no, so, so no. Lucifer gives her a perfume and she and he says, spray on, spray this on you and then go meet Blofeld. Okay. Right, so Bond intercepts her, yeah. but he grabs her wrist, Contrived. perfume comes off on his hands, he touches Blofeld, Blofeld dies. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so then Bond finds out that Madeline has a five-year-old daughter who, it turns out, Spoiler at, at the end of the film is revealed is also his daughter. Um, is that a spoiler? Because I, I pretty much assume that. Yeah. <laughs> so, as uh, soon as you said it. So she is, she's kidnapped alongside Madeline yeah. by Lucifer. Bond tracks him down to a Second World War base on an island between Japan and Russia. They infiltrate Lucifer's headquarters and learn that he has converted the base into a nanobot factory where he and the scientists are creating millions of nanobots to unleash over the world, kill millions, and establish a new world order. Bond kills literally fucking everyone. <laughs> uh, there's a new 007, I should say, who, who's been recruited in Bond's absence, and she manages to escape the island with Madeline and the daughter, and Bond instructs the island to be nuked to fuck, but as he tries to flee, he gets into a fight with Safin, the, the bad guy. Lucifer. Who, yes, Lucifer, who badly wounds him and then infects him with the nanobots, which have Madeline's These DNA. These nanobots, yeah. Yeah. So Bond realises that even if he were to escape the island alive in time, he'd never be able to hold Madeline or his daughter ever again. So he resigns himself to death and then alongside the island is nuked to fuck. And then Bond is nuked. Then yeah. the very, not very nuked. last, very They're not last... actually nuked. The cruise missiles. They're yeah. not actually nuked. Okay, so yeah. Bond is cruise missiled and nanobotted to <laughs> yeah. death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the what? Very, it's yeah. one hell of a way to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Twice. Yeah, two different ways of. And then, yeah, the, the, the very... nanobots don't kill him. The yeah. nanobots would kill his. Uh, so that's why he decides yeah. to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because himself. he would never be able to see his 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 Madeline or his daughter. But also, he can never he can never see his. Daughter with the cruise missiles. When Bruce Willis is on the, the floating island and he can't come back down, so it's just sure. like that. <laughs> <laughs> just That's like the same that. Mindset. The same feeling. Yeah. It's Armageddon. It's the end of Armageddon. Big, doesn't doesn't the Big music, big cinematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very emotional. Yeah, it's very emotional. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, so yeah, he dies, and then the very last scene of the film is everybody from the, the franchise gathering in MI6 headquarters mm. having an impromptu funeral, and that's it. That is the end of the film. Bond is dead. The Daniel Craig era is over. Long live Bond. Who's Bond? Yeah. Uh, we, we should have brought a whiskey for him. I know. So, yeah. I know. <laughs> Let's pour out for dead soldiers. Like, wow, so uh, so Bond dies at the yeah. end of his film? Yeah, he is dead. Ballsy. Yeah. I mean, pretty ballsy. Still a big question mark comes down. <laughs> <laughs> so is there, is there an obvious successor at this point to, to, to come into it? Defence? Yeah, is there someone, you know, often when a franchise, I mean, they're not going to stop the franchise, are they just... For purely financial reasons, are they? After the credits, there is James Bond will return. 
Yeah. Just a book like written. Yeah. It, it's not like there's a clear no. successor. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I quite like that. I have to say, there was a lot I didn't like in what you were saying, <laughs> if I'm honest. And the big thing I, I've circled quite a lot of time is nanobots, because I'm struggling to see how that's not completely shit. But I'll give you time to talk about the nanobots okay. later. This is quite a ballsy way of doing a Bond film, Dave. Uh, I mean, fair play to them, right? Uh, yeah, you'd think this was quite a ballsy move. It's it's just a bit left field at the end of the day. I mean, what they've done is basically burn the franchise to the ground. Mm. They built something. They've modernized Bond. They've brought him along the way. They've made him more human. They've given him emotions. They've given him the ability to get knocked down and get back up again. And now they've just destroyed all that. And now he'll never get back up. He'll never get back up no, again. No, they've destroyed not just that. the franchise that Craig built, but the franchise... The Connery, that Moore, Dalton, Lazenby, the, the, all the bonds are built right back to Ian Fleming when he wrote this. They've just basically burned it the to the title, ground. The very title of the film is a lie to the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's the he perfect did. time to slap Yeah, he did. He seemed like he did absolutely have time <clears throat> to die almost in two um, different ways. Yeah, and to be also, fair, he didn't have time to die, but it happened anyway. You know, it's right, like yeah. one of those things like, I've got no time to do that, but you can't avoid it. You kind of do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Was yeah. that lying in the point like, of point Sunday, of a defense? Sunday chores, you know what I mean? I've got no time to do them, but I have to do yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I've got to say, what a stupid way to go out. You know, it's like, he's got to go now because he'll never see his daughter again. It's like, he's not heard of Zoom, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> we all got through. We all cope during the pandemic, not being able to see people we yeah, loved yeah, yeah. in case we killed them. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, so he couldn't leave the island. If he leaves... If no, he, he could have got off the island. He didn't want to. Thought, fuck well, it, I'll die instead. But why couldn't yeah. he meet the daughter then? The he got to meet her. He, uh, he met her a couple of times. But, but what? So what were the nanobots stopping him from seeing his well, daughter? Well, basically, the nanobots, right, this Heracles virus that's been programmed. Okay. <clears throat> Essentially, it is programmed to specific strains of DNA. Mm -mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's absolute <laughs> bullshit. So basically, you think it's a virus. It's not. It's nanobot technology. So mm. if you give someone a strain of DNA... I could be infected with your strain, and until I meet you and put my hand on your face, you're not going to get it. I'm struggling. But the moment point. I do, I will always be fine unless you've got my strain. Oh, so he literally could not have physical so, yeah, contact. So yeah, so essentially, yeah. he's a carrier, but it's, it doesn't affect him, so he well, can carry the virus to somebody else. Well, yeah. he's carrying Blofeld's strain, he's carrying the yeah, Spectre so, yeah, strain. So he's, he's, he's immune to, to, to that strain of the virus. But Madeline and his daughter aren't. So if he was to come into contact with them, they would die. Because it's been well, everyone else would be. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well anyone who's related to Madeline, I guess, anyone who shares that DNA strain. Okay. But also, yeah, so one day he, he could be you. out. Yeah, he could be out shopping, and he could accidentally bump into an old lady, and she <laughs> yeah. just dies, and he's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the pyramids are like, like, right right Whoa, yeah. shit! Sorry. Well, exactly that. But also, he could go and speak to the the new 007. Could have chatted to her. You know, give her a hug. And she goes and hugs Madeline. Madeline dies. Yeah. No, that wouldn't okay. work. No, yeah, no, that's no, how no. it works. That's what the spread was. They, 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 that's how they describe it. Oh no, that's the strength. Yes, that, it was saying he could do that. Yeah, it's like no, he couldn't because it would kill. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Meant, yeah, yeah, he would die. So that's why he had to stay. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I will say though that he he, did, he does suffer very very severe wounds there. Like so, as as he's trying to flee, he opens basically he's got to open a hatch for the missiles to go in. Otherwise, it won't destroy the factory. So he opens the hatch and he's about to get on the boat and then he sees that the hatch is closed again. He's like, what the fuck? So he goes back to open it again and as he's leaving this time, he gets shot by Saffron, by, by the villain and like he really, really gets shot as in like he shoots him like about three times like in the side and, uh, and then he has this fight and then he's, in, you know, he's basically injected with this and you can see as he's walking away, like blood is just pouring down from him. You know, it's going all over the floor, it's all over his hands 
And you think to yourself, even if he could get off the island, he, he might not even make it. It looks like he has been severely injured here. <clears throat> but he is still thinking about getting off the island because he says to Q, because, is there yeah. a cure? So, so he's going to die anyway. So it's not really a very selfless act of Bond. Well, you know, but, like, but the thing is, is we've seen James Bond escape from like the almost impossible deaths before. So like him escaping wouldn't be out of the blue. Okay. And to make sure they've like, they've shot him, they've cruise missiled him and they've nanobot him. And not only that, not only that, he gets injected by Q with like a blood tracker that makes sure that reads your vitals no matter where you are. So when that goes dead, you know for sure he's definitely dead. Okay. Uh, I was just going to stay with the defence for a little bit longer. Big Dave, this is like a big, this is a big thing for Bond to... With the prosecution. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, prosecution. (laughs) Stay with the prosecution for a little bit. This is like quite a big thing to do in Bond. Um, like obviously though I feel like they're going to bring the franchise back like where what it just seems like an odd thing for them to be doing. What why why do you think they're doing it? I think um I think it's genuinely just Daniel Craig's getting getting old, getting tired, getting bored and let's be honest, we all are. Aren't we? <laughs> sure. It's run its course, you know, and it's started to get a little bit too convoluted and it's they time just to all, finish. Yeah. Let's get rid of them. And then, you know, and that could well be the case, but they've done it in a great way. Like, this is the Bond film. This has got. I guess this is what it comes you, down to, yeah. Everything that you want in a Bond film, this is a great way to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is you feel the like cars, the, you've got the whole cars. thing's wrapped up and it's all come together. Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. Like, and the guys, you know, they've, they've said it. It's the culmination of the entire series. Daniel you know, Craig, got yeah, the, yeah. That entire Daniel Craig era built up to this and it's got all of it's got easter eggs throwbacks to previous versions you know you've got um when you're into the main office there's people's portraits on the wall you know you've got um, judy dench's portraits on the wall um, sure who's the other the other end uh, robert brown robert brown and it's just kind of like oh shit yeah that's it's just there to remind okay, you remember the good films but this is the culmination. The culmination. So it wraps it all up. But the problem with that would be that there's quite a big diversity within those films. So you've got you've seen Royale, which I would say was great. Quantum Salas, which I would imagine everyone, including like cameraman and the director, would imagine would say it was shit. Yeah. And then you got you know so you got like you're wrapping up films that are quite massively different. Just saying, sorry, defence. Just one more time on the prosecution. They, they say that wraps it up perfectly. Is, would you would you say that that's fair? You know, to say that it does wrap up, it does tie up the loose ends with Mister White and all these things because they have been, they have kept things going. You know, themes running throughout. So yeah, well, do, it, do they wrap it up? It ties up a franchise as well as it can by killing your protagonist. <laughs> no, that's that sure. pretty much does tie things up pretty, pretty nicely. Sure. Um, but like I said, this isn't a bold move. This is left field. This is just unexpected. You go to see a Bond film for escapism. You go to see, you know, these these weird and daft gadgets, this ridiculous setup, this absurd sort of plot with the villain. Um, and yeah, you, that's what you go to see Bond for. You go for escapism. No other reason than that. And then you suddenly get a film that's like, oh, we're going to be serious. We're going to be dark. You know, there's going to be human loss in this. You know, there's going to be dark moments. There's going to be sacrifice. It's like, this, this sounds great. This sounds like an all right film. Yeah, I don't but, want to see a James Bond film to be sad. But it's not Bond. <laughs> it's not a Bond film. Okay. And, you know, it's, just because you're being left field, it's like, oh, I wrote, I've rewritten Murder on the Orient Express, only this time, Poirot's the killer. It's like, no, that's just <laughs> stupid. You're, just sure. being, you're being left field for the sake of being left field. It's like, this time it's Fast and the Furious, but Dom has just bought a Vespa. 
and that is his new life. It's just like, no, that's stupid. That's not what I, the fans are turning up to I'd, see. I'd still watch it though, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> to, just to talk about this, less as like part of a film of like the Bond franchise, yeah. let's more talk about it just as a film. Like a Bond film, it's always going to oh, yeah. be a Bond film. You know, there is a certain amount, and you can say it's good or bad, there's a certain amount of st- standard Bond stuff that needs to happen. You need yeah. maybe a love interest. You need a... Which I'd be interested with the daughter coming in. How does that work out? Yeah. But also you've got gadgets, you've you got link, cars. Sorry, why did you link love interest and daughter? <laughs> I <laughs> will think about that a lot later. <laughs> <laughs> I think Alex was saying that he's not going to want to be going around nobbing around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he's got a daughter how, there. Yeah, sure. how, how can he be... If he's if the daughter interest is meant to be credible, how can he be just going around being James yes. Bond and going to casinos and sleeping? The, 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 the key with that one, I think, is is bringing home that he is old and he's changed and he's... Yeah. Okay. He's, it's, it's time for him to... You know, he's matured, basically. This, and it kind of solidifies mm-hmm. that love you know it's not often that you find that he still loves a bond girl from the past you know he moves on he doesn't trust anyone and with this he doesn't trust her the, the trust is broken at the start of the film yeah and then he, he realizes that he's, he's always loved her which anyway. which is great but it still needs to be a bond film doesn't it, it? Oh, so, yeah. so oh, how, it how is, is it defense how is it a bond so film? Th- this is it's this is everything that you want from a bond film you know all inspiring locations all across the world big jaw-dropping action set pieces well choreographed action scenes fast-paced car chases, and high-tension dramatic scenes with a few gadgets and a few quips thrown in for good measure. I honestly reckon, and I'm not being hyperbolic, but this is the perfect recipe for, you know, a perfect Bond film. I think that, like, the thing with this is that it ties, it's a bold decision, yeah, uh, but it has to come because it's the end of Daniel Craig's tenure. Uh, but both him and the producers wanted to signify the ending and this was the perfect way to do it. And I think it really did need to be done. So many times in the past, we've had the passing of the torch without it actually happening. It's just been a case of a bond, a, a bond actor has come to the end of his contract or doesn't want to do anymore, or the producers have moved on and that's it. It's just like, well, restart again, right from scratch. At least here, it's giving you like, actually, this is what happens in between those handing over of the torch. You know, th- th- this is what happens when one bond actor finishes and one another actor starts. It, this film, as well as being everything that I just said before, it's got a lot of emotional depth. It's the most mature, human, and even probably more believable Bond film yet, even with the far-fetched tech and gadgets. But it doesn't it doesn't take away from what a Bond film is. It's still a big action film with real practical and jaw-dropping stunts and set pieces, but it's massively layered and emotionally impactful as well, while still being an exciting and funny film that ticks all the boxes for what a Bond film should be. And I know that somebody, not naming any names, may have incorrectly in the past said that Tomorrow Never Dies is the quintessential perfect Bond film. <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good Sunday film. But I think that, that, that this, that, well, I, I think that, that the title of the perfect Bond film has been definitely wholly and unironically snatched by No Time to Die. Well, it, it's the best Bond film. No, I said it's the, the, the... If you're talking about, like, the recipe for a great Bond film, this is it. Okay. I don't think it's the best Bond film, but if, if you're going to say, right, you need the splash sure. of this, you need the measure of that, this is what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, yeah, maybe it messes around with the, you know, the sort of the franchise and stuff like that, but you're still getting what you bought a ticket for, Big Dave. So, the, the Bond films, you're saying it's trying to do... It's trying to do all these things that... Aren't Bond? Bond dies. Bond grows. Bond learns. All these kind of things. physically grow. No, not well. Well, <laughs> he ends the film. He's twenty foot, <laughs> just battering the missiles out of the sky. We've already had like the Bond movies and things like that. They were great smash hits. These these were things that were doing something different 
mm-hmm. from the Bond films. And this film's kind of trying to do both. It's not, it's trying to do the little kind of, little campy bits of Bond. It's trying to do the serious stuff. You can't, you can't have it both ways. But, but don't I you think. think that like having too much of the same thing over and over again, rinse and repeat, it becomes tired, it becomes worn out. Yeah, I've seen the Bond films and they were good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need it anymore. I want a little bit of escapism. Um, Bond, it's the, the, these, this, this film in particular, is trying to stick to the real world too much. I, I, I think that's what you, what I you need. I don't want bioweapons really. and things. I'm already worried Daniel about them Braves in the real world. New era redefined Bond, I think, and brought it back to reality. You, you had fucking invisible cars and bullshit with Pierce Brosnan. And it just got a bit too Roger Moore, 1970s. But, but with this, it sort of you keep all of the best elements of Bond whilst bringing a little bit of realism. Okay. Like, but just to, just to narrow it down a bit, and I would say that Daniel Craig had mixed success with some of his stuff, but, you know. I mean, no, haven't, they they all, all, haven't, haven't they all? Haven't they all? To be honest, they have. They have. Enjoy, I think I've seen which is a lot better than Timothy. Great in Lake, and you can tell he's trying really hard. <laughs> he's doing his best. But Dave, like talking more specifically about mm. the action, let's just sort of narrow it down to just that. Yeah. Well, if I watch this, am I, am I going to get good action? Because that's a big part of why I go and watch a Bond film. Yeah, the action is good. The action is is very good. Well choreographed. Well shot. I have no complaints about the action. This is a fairly good action film in and of itself. You know, the the plot makes no sense, but you can forgive an absurdist plot because it's a Bond film. And in that respect, I'm coming back to one of your earlier points. It's a Bond film in name only. And it's a stupid title like that. But it cashes in on some of these tropes. It right, you know, it gets away with having a ridiculous villain, with having a stupid plot, with it not quite making sense, with a grenade being able to go off near Bond and it just like dirty his clothes a bit. You know, it gets away with being absurd because it's James Bond. Mm. You let it off. And then it takes it all away from you and says, you know what, it wasn't a Bond film all at, uh, at all. This could have been something completely different. And we're going to kill your protagonist. Can't connect so, to that absurdity. So yeah. tonally, is it quite absurd? And then Tony, right at the, uh, just at the end, it switches. It, it, the tone is dour, to be yeah. honest with you. The tone is very humorless and dour and stoic and quite unpleasant. Um, the humour that's in there, the attempts at humour that are in there. Um, <laughs> that's our host, by the way. Gavin's getting a bit of yeah, hair. I, I was trying to multitask and I was trying to... Most unprofessional. Uh, I think that's an unfair criticism it, it does have the the classic bond humor and some of the you know there is comic relief within it and there is some of that cheesy comic relief essentially it really is there still and and i think they pay a good homage to to what you're used to from from the bond film in terms of that you know there's a, i've got to come back and say you know what well, he's cashing in on the bond tropes which you can forgive it because it's a bond film but then while it's trying to tear down the franchise ready for a supposed rebuild which they're already laying the groundwork to, to flake on. You know, when James Bond shall return at the end, it's like, how? You just killed him. Mm. And, you know, they're talking about, oh, it's going to be more diverse. We're going to see a different kind of double O agent. It's like, look at the names being mooted for the next James Bond that's going to be announced next year. It's all the same names being thrown about again. It's like, you know, they've teased us with the idea the franchise could develop and grow, but mm. they're all ready to run back to the... The, the classic James Bond, the, the moment it turns sour. But it's, it's, it's a reboot, isn't it? What's coming next is a reboot. And, and I think we shouldn't dwell on <clears> that because that's not the film that's on trial. But the, you, the next film is not the yeah. film we're judging. We're judging this Absolutely. one. And this is a very good film. But you don't need to reboot James Bond. We've seen the character change over the decades so many times. You don't need to reboot. You don't need a new origin story yeah, but, James Bond. Oh, yeah, no, but let's not put that one on trial because this is the film and he dies today. And it's 
What a death! What a death! What a film! It's not you a know. very good death though. He's he's plugged full of nanobots, mm, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> pumped full of pumped full of nanobots, and then bloated with I would say yeah, bloated with nanobots, and then decides you know I you know it, I don't want to see my family from afar. I think it'd be better for me if I died now and they had to listen to me die on the phone. We've had to, to deal with that for the last he year. Doesn't want to, he doesn't want to kill them, is the, is the point, isn't he, it? He a, a doesn't have without, to go near them. Okay, just to come away from yeah. plot, because it does sound like a complicated plot, so I, I feel like we could stay on plot. Just talk maybe about humour, or go on, Dave, what did you... Well, I just wanted to make the point that I think uh, Bond being based on books that were written in the 40s, I think, the, yes. maybe, or dated, 50s with the first book was written. different ways. It was the, one of the first books, like the first film was in the 60s. It's very much of its time. It's a representation of, well, it's the British brand, isn't it? Yeah. It's how Britain kind of presents itself to the world. And with these new films, it's like, but with all this discussion of like, could like Idris Elba, could you have a female bond, that kind of thing. It's just like, make a new IP. Just, I know. Just, I know. It's, I know. it's I do. done. I do agree with that. You if can't you want to make have a good cake and eat it. female character, you don't maybe not make. And it I think one point. of the bits that made me that reminds me of this in the film, there's a scene where Bond comes back. He's got the new 00, 007 walking down. James Bond there, Al White fella, 007 on one side, black woman, money penny on the other side, black woman walking down. All this diverse office bustling. At the end of the day, he gets down, opens the door, and this little quiet closed room just. <laughs> Just an owl white man <laughs> in charge of everything of at the end of the day. <laughs> and it even it's like it's nodding to you, it's saying, you know. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much we doesn't matter how much we change it all up. That's it. You know, you know that you know, that's not, you know that that's not actually what, what the <laughs> point of that James is. James Bond. Uh, I, I, I think I think Dave's been a bit skeptical here, uh, but I, I I think that when it comes to what happens next, I think it's really exciting because this is the first time that a bond has had to actually been able to call it a day on their own terms. And it's the first time that the producers have actually planned for an exit and they've actually thought about what is going to happen next. Most times, they're just on the back foot. Yeah, they, they, they just it's sort of like an exit happens or a contract ends or the producers decide to go in a different way. After a film is finished, they don't have any time to actually plan and forward think. This time, they've got all the time in the world. Pun intended. But one thing I would like to say is that one of the biggest positives for me about Daniel Craig's Bond area, just going on from what Big Dave has just said, is that it's redefined the role of women in Bond films. You know, they're no longer Bond girls or femme fatales or these two-dimensional characters. In No Time to Die, we have probably the most developed, well-rounded and well-written female characters in Bond's history. And there's an argument, as Dave just alluded to before, about one day giving the James Bond 007 mantle to a woman. And both Daniel Craig, Barbara Broccoli, and well, probably, uh, well, I know I've seen a lot of other people in the film say the same thing. They've said, no, instead of giving an already established character to a woman, let us make a conscious effort to create a new female action mm. character or new female action exactly. characters. So even they acknowledge it's dead. Yeah, no, no, no. So they're saying that, like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to kind of give, like, the leftovers or scraps sure. or whatever to somebody yeah, else. Yeah. We're going to instead... What they're talking about is talking about potential spin-offs, maybe, and, you know, potentially expanding the Bond universe. And I think if they were to do that, it would be an incredibly safe hands because in this film, they sort of explore it. They have Lashana Lynch as Nomi, who's the new 007. I thought she was fucking excellent. It was obvious she trained exceptionally well for this role, she was doing all of her own stunts. 
She was just as suave, secretive, and seductive as Bonds in the past. But she was also an out-and-out badass, and she took no prisoners. So, like, you could essentially start a new film concentrating on that character, or she could be a part of the next film. It's left open. Another character is Anna de Armas' character of Paloma, mm. who, once again, was fucking brilliant. Her stunt work, her action scenes, really, really fantastic. But what I really liked is she, she was just quite normal. She was just, like, a normal person. She didn't have, Not like... Not a love interest. Not so love interest. No comedy quips, just a normal sort of character. What, what I think is, is good is that the relationship between her and Bonds, bearing in mind Bonds, like, I don't know, 50-odd at this point, he's been out of the game for five years. We've seen him in the past just be really suave and all the ladies want to be with him. There's a scene where he pitches up and he's got to work with her. He's never met her before. She's never met him. She gives him a tuxedo. She tells him to get unchanged and put on this new tuxedo. And he's a bit like, oh, hello. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's really funny, you know. And then at the end, uh, like, they completely fucking decimate Spectre. Uh, there's lots of great action. She's fantastic in it, honestly. They're doing all, all of her own stunts. She's fucking brilliant. And then right at the very end, she's just like, oh, I really like working with you. Hope to do it again. And that's it. It isn't sort of like, oh, hello, I'll hello, see you later. Time, no, it's yeah, yeah. just like, it's it just, it, like it's you would like say to a co-worker. Normal, it was completely yeah, a business. Thing. Yeah, good work today, guys. See you yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> it was, it was, it was great. really nice. Okay. That does sound cool. Uh, that, and that does, you know, now we're talking about Anna Honors. That does lead, lead, bring me on to the next point, which is cast. So, um, prosecution, can you decimate this entire cast, please? Yeah, and I'm not going to start with Anna Diarmas. She is very good in this. Okay. Uh, she's only a small scene she's in, but there's a lot of action in it. There's a lot going on. Yeah, that would she's, have been a point good. against you if you'd try even try. It. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't argue with that. I liked Anna Diarmas. She was very good. Um, I liked Lashana Lynch actually. I thought her performance was very good. I didn't like the way they'd written parts of her character. Some of it was fine. I didn't like the fact she was constantly in a dick swinging contest with 007, by which I mean Daniel Craig's James mm-hmm. Bond. There was this constant like rivalry going on there, and it didn't need to be. It's like she's got the job; she's 007 now. Yeah, but he's, he's retired. But he's legendary, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. No, no, I understand why, the, but then it's like he came back to do the dick swinging. It's like her character's motivated. No, he came back because Lighter got him back involved. In the but, yeah, but then there was the this whole thing happened. I will, I will hear from the prosecution. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll have a job <laughs> between my voice going. <laughs> uh, no, her performance was fine. The character, I didn't like that element. Um, you don't need to have her so competitive. Daniel Craig, as we would expect, decent performance as Bond. Leia Sadu as Madeline, I thought was pretty good. I quite liked uh, Christoph Waltz in this one. It was a more subtle Blofeld because he's unchanged, chained to a bloody chair for most of it, so you don't get much from him. Is he doing his smiley, smiley? But then he dies. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, and completely underused, to be honest okay. with you. It's like there was very little point in bringing him back. <laughs> Uh, Rami Malek I was all set to enjoy Rami Malek's turn as a Bond villain and I was bitterly disappointed the character of Safin is nothing but disfigurement makeup and a weird accent there is nothing else going on there to be perfectly honest with you I love Rami Malek as an actor but he was just Go on. Go on. No, 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 no. I was hoping that Alex wouldn't go to the I'm just annoying Gav by uh, just. No, no, no. I, to be honest, I was hoping that Alex wouldn't say, What do you think about Rami Malik? Because I'd be like, oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. For, Rami Malik did his best, but there was nothing from the work with him whatsoever. Very poorly. It's a parody of a Bond villain rather than actually writing a decent villain. Um, so what's you know, the, the lair. He's got a lair and he's got, you know, a weird plan for vengeance. He's got a disfigurement and he's, you know, he's. I've forgotten what is his what's his motivation. He was yeah. his motivation at the start. He was trying to wipe out Spectre because his family were killed by Mister White. So for the first half of the film, when he is trying to wipe out Spectre, you get it. Okay, I understand his motivation. 
at the end of it where it's like, and now I'm going to kill everyone on the planet. It's like, mm. why? I don't, I don't fully understand. You kind of have to, right? Yeah, because yeah, there has to be something else. There has to be more of a threat <laughs> yeah, than him wiping out a crime syndicate. And it just didn't make any sense. And maybe I missed something. Maybe it was in there and I didn't see it. But it made no sense to me. So no, I, I didn't like Rami Malik. I didn't like the henchman either. Uh, Dali Bensalata's Primo, who just basically looks like an entitled Italian footballer chasing after Bond on a moped. It's like, <laughs> and this is the muscle. This is the henchman. An entitled Italian footballer. Footballer, yeah. And it's like, watch it a bit. <laughs> with a bionic eye. He's got a bionic eye that doesn't okay. do anything. He just films. He just <laughs> looks constantly like half surprised. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much it, is just, it doesn't make a great deal of sense and he's working for Spectre at the start and then Spectre eliminated so he goes to work for Safin instead just so he can still be there at the end uh, and then Bond blows up his eye inside his head using a gadget on his watch um, to which he, he, then he then he calls Q who's on the on the other line he's like Q I just showed your watch to someone their mind was blown <laughs> which, okay, and, and throw straight by there to the Hubert There's, there are quips like that that is an it, awful is, line though but it's it's a a James Bond like one linery yeah, cheesy there should be those cheesy one liners and that's a pretty that's one of the worst films I've heard in the whole series that's one of the worst one liners I've heard just the tip. Could that be better? That <laughs> was a pretty bad one as well. What's the? Um... He had a lot of guts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other final point I'll make is um, the rest of the cast are okay, uh, apart from David Denchik, who plays uh, Valdo Obruchev. Again, it's not so much his performance I've got a problem with, but it's the character. He's the Russian scientist that comes up with the nanobot technology. So he's abducted at the start of the film. He goes on to try and help Saf, and he's kind of comic relief throughout the whole thing. You know, he's a bumbling scientist, and he's kind of like, oh, you feel a bit sorry for him at times. And then at the end of the film, Lashana Lynch kicks him into the vat of nanobots, and he burns to death, screaming and clutching his face in agony. It's like, oh. that was overkill. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate he was a threat because he knew too much, but couldn't you just put a bullet in his head? And she could have put a bullet in his head. Mm. Instead, she gave him this horrible demise and because the character has been the comic relief up until that point it just felt a bit you know we've seen worse in bond films but it just felt out of place okay i don't understand and just bumbling just, comic relief people can be villains too it's just <laughs> but just just a quick thing because you know but daniel craig's bond where mm -hmm. would you be on that because that's what i want i would like the uh, defense to talk about on Daniel Craig's Bond, what would you say? Um, as expected. If you liked him in Casino Royale, okay. you'll like him. Now, it's just an extension of that character. You know, they've humanised Bond. And they started doing it really well in Casino Royale. And it's kind of... The development of Bond has gone on through this whole franchise. Well, this, this clip of the franchise under Daniel Craig. And they've done a decent job, which is why I don't think they needed to kill him to finally humanise him, you know? Uh, the job was done in the previous films. I, I mean, for me, I think he needed to die to put an end to it because and and they, and they they highlight that within this is that that's why there's the dick swinging contest for want of a better phrase because as long as bond lives no one will ever be better than him sure. regardless even if they are you know even if he gets old and tired but yeah i i thought a casting characters in this like absolutely nailed it yeah love interest you know because i i missed the last film before this so kind of caught up pretty quickly it was a nice recap you were straight into it it wasn't difficult to capture the storyline to get back onto it. Yeah, even, you know, can we know children are shit in, like, pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. I think she 
properly captured. It's not a baby. No, no, no. Is this like a six-year-old? It's a five-year-old child. Five-year-old child. Yeah. And because they've been child. separated for five years. Um, and when he meets it, he's like, hang on, you've got a five-year-old child. I haven't seen you in five years. Five years later, but then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and... Um, yeah, she does a great job in, in within, you know, what's essentially a scary time for a child. And I think that's quite difficult for kids to, to yeah. react to. And, and that, it was believable. She does a good job. She's also provided a little bit of, I don't know, it wasn't really comic relief, but when um, she escapes, she's hiding under the table, you know, and I think there was just, there's a nice little touch that she's in there. So everyone from Bond right down to the littlest child <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually plays a really good part in this. And it was, uh, I, I've, Casting characters wise, I think they've nailed it. Remy Malik. I didn't mind Remy Malik. He was, he, he is stereotype Bond villain in this, you know, yeah, from the disfigurement. Um, but from his very first scene, which is pretty much the first opening scene, isn't it, where he's walking through the, uh, across the snow plains, from that point onwards, you know, with the mask on, and that was pretty, it's quite a scary entrance, essentially. He looks the part, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think he nails it in terms of being uh, a creepy, crazed villain, you know, along the lines of Mr. White, you know, from, you know, with the tear and, and stuff like that. And it's that similar amount of interest to him, you know, there's, there's, there's enough going on that you're like, yeah, this guy's a bit deranged. And when he turns up at Madeline's workplace as a new, uh, what do you call him? Somebody who needs therapy, a new patient. patient. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, and you're like, oh, fuck, that's him. You know, you already know because you knew Rami Malek was the bad guy anyway, but you don't know immediately and she doesn't know and then he hands this box and it's the mask that she'd like, she'd shot at and, and cried okay. when she was a kid. And then it's like, oh, fuck, something's going down yeah, now. Yeah. And that's yeah. when he gives her the perfume. And I just thought he did a great job. I mean, Dave, Dave's got a point where, um, the two Daves have got a point where they say, actually, once you get beyond uh, killing, uh, killing Hydra, killing Spectre, you're uh, <laughs> <laughs> then then yeah like where's the motivation well they do hint at that is that actually this weapon is so advanced that everybody's after it and people are aware of it it was meant to be a secretive weapon it's now not secretive it's it's out in the open people want it and it's not so much that they're selling it to i don't think it's that he is becoming the the leader it's just that he's in charge of it so he can have whatever he wants okay it's not necessarily developing it so that they kill everyone but they are selling it to people in particular like a bit of big mass uh you know big mafia basically so that's the motivation is that he's now the most protected guy in the world i've got it's my money. money it's all about money yeah. all about money yeah, yeah, yeah. okay a little bit of problem though, Dave. Maybe just about casting. I mean, characters. just to just to go on with. Uh, I mean, the, the again, the one that I had the biggest grievance with, with was uh, Remy Malik. He's like he's he's underused. First of all, Christoph Waltz underused the extreme. It's like just should have just killed him off. But he did in the last film. This film. Yeah, he doesn't even get. I don't even feel like he had a good chance to like kind of have have fun with it or anything. Um, the the whole Remy Malik thing with him being kind of a victim of Spectre and wanting to get revenge on Spectre, it like it would make more sense for him to be teaming up with Bond and with Madeline. The the whole um, he goes from uh, want to kill Spectre and then suddenly he's like oh. It's like the plot from, uh, is it Moonraker? Where it's like, um, I'm going to get all these like fit people in space, in a city in space, and basically decimate the population of Earth. And then I'm just going to get all these fit people 
to just like repopulate the earth. And Bond says to him, he's like, basically, you know, do, what do you want? Do you want money? And he's like, no, I just want to, I'm nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to do this. But like, but like, but like uh, Lucifer say, no, whatever. He's like, they, they try to couch it in all this kind of, I don't know, kind of an ideology. It's just like, be mad. Just have, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just, can we just have a mad yeah. Bond villain? I don't understand. I just didn't quite understand his motivation. And again, he didn't really have enough scenes to really kind of come out and, and be does a he Bond mon- villain. Does he monologue? Does he do a monologue? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah he loves it. Would it be a Bond film without a villain monologue? Yeah, but again, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what the fuck he was talking about. It's just... <laughs> Gav, what the fuck was he talking about? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like they tried to nick that little bit from... So that, that um, the, the poison garden mm. that he's in is from the book uh, You Only Live Twice... So Blofeld has this uh, garden on an island with all, like, every plant is, like, a different poison. And I thought, because I heard, I, 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 was, I think he's, he mentions it. He says, like, oh, my father was a gardener, all these poison plants. And I thought, oh, maybe they're going to do it. And then you see it, and it's, like, ten plants in a concrete. <laughs> but like, how poisonous were those plants, mate? That's the key. <laughs> well, we, we never got to see she lost some tea in some guy's eye. Yeah, it wasn't. And, then he, and he was okay. Okay, I can't. I can't follow these plots. So, I'm sorry. There's nanobots. There's tea flying in people's eyes. I, I, I think it's uh, just, just very quickly. Just very quickly. Exploded by a what? Just very quickly. It's the set beat at the end. The the the. I think it was in um, Skyfall. Blofeld's lair. Again, disappointing. It's like it could just be Spectre like a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. someone's someone's hired out. Like you know, yeah. like like a factory and just done like a bit in the back he, of the factory. I think he shoots like a, a little like valve and the entire thing explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just let it yeah. And what's this one is consider- big... considerably better lawyer than that. So okay. what you've got to think yeah, about is better. that they've learned from the lessons of the past of films which we've not <laughs> put in on trial. Sure. You know, let's concentrate on the sure, film sure, which sure. is on trial because yeah, yeah. there are a lot of bad. Are films you suggesting in the that era? Safin has like gone over Bond's history <laughs> and it's like, so what was Blofeld's problem? Oh, he had like a, de- a Death Star esque well. hole that if you shot at <laughs> <it>, the <laughs> whole thing blew up. All the I don't want that. Well, that's he, exactly he silly, really, really. Uh, You know, and that's exactly. I, I think he has fixed it. He made. He managed to get a place that seemed to be where the, its biggest weakness was not connected to the internet. So. So that was fine. That meant somebody had to physically, <laughs> physically open the doors. Poor, poor. So, so that was a big bit. So somebody has to sacrifice themselves if you want to blow this island up. So, so he, he, he you know, factored that in. You need to have someone who really, really wants to destroy it. He'd sorted that out. They were so deep underground that he couldn't speak to anybody else once he was in there. So he was literally on his own. But so, why did he want to do that? Because he doesn't want anyone destroying his plans. I will say that like they, they had this whole plan keeping thing I think it's more like a hobby like the villain who had the sharks in the tank right that wasn't like his main thing he wasn't like he's going to create these like villainous sharks that was just a hobby I think this is a side project I'm talking about as a kind of as a as a filmmaking option if you're going to invoke the big base from was it You Only Live Twice with Ninjas coming down through a volcano layer. Do ninjas come down from a volcano? No, no, in, exactly. Yeah, they don't. So <laughs> that's the that's the quintessential Bond lair, like culmination of the movie. And they did they tried to kind of suggest it, but like all this kind of toned didn't, down, didn't pull it off. really dim, concrete, like Call of Duty level. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what it feels like. And it kind of something just like dampened towards the end there with it. With on and that it made it more realistic. You know, the thing with this real- bond. Yeah, but the thing with this bond is that 
it's it's just on it's just on the unreachable, just on the outrageous. So there's this little bit of level, isn't it? You think actually that could could happen. Okay, just to bring it back to and like we'll do final point for Gavin and think about your your wrapping up arguments. Okay, my, my just a quick thing. Last thing I'll say is just. Yeah. A bit, bit of a thing for me is we've got it feels like you've got two villains. Remy Malik seems to be a real sticking point, especially for the prosecution here. Yeah. And you've got Blofeld, who's been set up all the no, way through. No, he's, he's not the film in this no, one. No. So, but but then, you know, that seems like you're splitting your attention a bit. How, you know? No, no. So, so Blofeld is, is only in it for a very small amount of time. It's just to give him some perspective. Because basically, Bond goes to Cuba thinking that the main villain in this is Spectre again. He's like, that, oh, that bloody Spectre. And then he goes there and all the Spectre agents die. And he's like, what the fuck's going on here? So he goes to speak to Blofeld to be like, who have you pissed off the ones who hates you so much that he wants all of your organization dead? So that's when he's like trying to just figure out. And, and I think that Christoph Waltz is, is really good in this. As Dave said before, it's a much more sort of like stripped back, subtle performance. And it's more, it, it's, it, yeah, yeah. All they had to do is time to a chair. <laughs> Stop him from waving his hands, man. No, he does get a chance to wave his hands, though, on, it, the, uh, on the CCTV. It, so. it does, it does. It does. <laughs> but, so I'd this love is, to see the outtakes of that scene. <laughs> but this is more like sort of Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. He's not the big villain. He's essentially just offering some guidance. Uh, so when we're talking about the overall characters, I'm not going to say that like Rami Malek was amazing here. I don't think he was that great. It was a bit of a wishy-washy performance. And I do think that the character did have some unbelievable motivations and an overall arc. But he did the job. He looked the part. He created a believable opponent for Bond and a believable and almost unstoppable threat for him to overcome, which is what you want in a Bond film. You know, it doesn't like, he had fucking jaws, a man who was like seven foot and had gold teeth. Or what, I mean, you know, like silver teeth. It was <laughs> gold teeth. Was uh, well, it's not goldy. Gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they don't want, you know, it, the thing is, is he presents the credible threat. The whole thing here is about Daniel Craig and coming to an end of Daniel Craig's era. He does a fantastic job here. He rejuvenated the Bond character and has redefined it for a new audience. He has all the rough, unpredictable, and brutal qualities of Sean Connery's Bond, and all of the suave, sophisticated, and smarts of well. Sean Connery's Bond again. Uh, <laughs> none of the chaff from Roger Moore or, Sh- or Pierce Brosnan. Um, You've clearly written this. Oh, this is... Yeah, <laughs> this is I, I, I'm a very... No, no, I'm not allowed. What I was going to say is, is what this film does, and I, I, I missed a chance to talk about the style and the direction, but it evokes that sort of like 60s style of Bond, and I think it's done very well. And it does remind you a lot of Sean Connery in the, in the sort of sense that he's a more brutal Bond and also he's a more stylish Bond as well. But this could have been like a massive burden to deliver, especially because Craig's relationship with the character has been a bit frosty in the past. But he almost seemed relaxed by it as if he was having fun. Maybe knowing that the end was in sight was able to him to deliver his most realistic and fallible performance yet. But one, one of the best parts about Daniel Craig's Bond is that he's finally shown Bond losing, being beaten, being hurt. And here it is on full display. The whole thing, the whole film deals with loss very, very well. Bond mourns the loss of Vesper. He reluctantly calls an end to his relationship with Madeline because he thinks she's betrayed him. He loses his job, his 007 title. He loses his best friend, Felix. And then the possibility of finally being happy and settling down with a family is taken away from him. Craig delivers this so well. He covers the whole grief cycle very, very realistically throughout this film. He really does deliver a tour de force, and I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if he was nominated for an Oscar for this performance, because I think, honestly, and I'm not being hyperbolic, I think it was that good. I, I really do. 
Uh, and you know, I, so yeah, that's what that's all I want to say about it. But I could go on and on and on. You pushed that too far, there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I don't be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think that this could be the first Bond film, especially at the moment when we're having like limited theatrical releases because of COVID. I think that this is a film that has tried to become more serious. It's tried to be more sort of awards friendly. And Daniel Craig does deliver a very, very good performance. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was nominated for an Oscar if this was the first Bond film to be nominated for a Best Acting Oscar. Okay. Wow. A lot to think about in this one. I think now we're just going to talk about final points. So just if there's anything you'd sort of, you've not said that you want to say now, maybe fair of a hold your peace. Um, Big Dave, is there anything pressing that you think I need to know? Just some general sort of final thoughts. I think I'd put it there with the likes of, I mean, Spectre was disappointing. I think everything after Casino Royale was kind of disappointing. I think Casino Royale got our hopes up with something kind of exciting. And everything's kind of quantum of solace. dimmed after that. It's a, it's a kind of franchise. Yeah. Although I will say with Quantum of Solace, it has the most realistic bad guy in it. He wants to like privatize water. <laughs> it's like, that is what the bad guy That's realistic. Do. But again, it's like I don't I'm want sorry. I don't want I don't want realism. I want, I want a guy who wants to make a big laser that's gonna blow up, you know. But then what, what, what about Max Oren? He essentially was Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, I think like I say, I think I think there were certain obviously certain casts underused. I think the action was good, but it's easy to do good action now, isn't it? Okay. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> we'll give a very concise. Confused, very concise. Confused. One, don't confused but kind of a, yeah, <laughs> a bit of a so, confused. The prosecution is so, they're so like dumbfounded by because they can't find anything else to pick apart. It's actually, actually a really good film. As he stopped with the pestle insult. <laughs> no, we I, all know that when you haven't got anything to say, it's all the pestle insult. I've seen Gav's closing arguments cover everything I would like to say. You don't. You really don't. Thankfully, though, Ozzy did make a personal insult, which is a point to the like the prosecution, but I do appreciate it. Yeah, because that's what he's been after the entire episode, and we've not touched on it. just linking two fucking losers. I think it's like I say, it's it's a franchise that's already it's already kind of done, and the only thing they could do with this film to make it bigger than anything else, kill Bond. What's going to happen? Oh, oh, doesn't matter. We need to make this need to make this film work now. He's a ballsy move. Uh, so I, I feel like I covered everything. Desperate, all. I would say. Desperate move. <laughs> I feel like I covered all the serious stuff earlier on. So my closing argument is literally just a piss take. So uh, <laughs> 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 I hope you don't expect anything too big here. So Daniel Craig shakes the spectre of the previous film oh, off here. I like it's it. a fun, thrilling spectacle. <laughs> <laughs> same, one tw- same one twice. Same yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, the burden of this final outing, the end of a franchise, could have been a mass- uh, massive weight. But Craig handles it with ease and looks like he's having a ball. You could say that that weight couldn't have been lighter. Felix lighter. Um. <laughs> uh, you won't <laughs> mind spending a pretty money penny going to see this film, even if you do have to queue. <laughs> oh, I expect. I wish I'd not left it. My esteemed colleague now. <laughs> yeah. You, you should have jumped in there. It'll be worth your while. The direction, the score, the cast. We didn't even fucking mention the score. It's brilliant. The, the score, the cast... Will take you to 007. <laughs> <laughs> this will take you to 007 heaven, and the deep connection you form with this film will be unbreakable. A true bond, a James Bond. <laughs> unbreakable. Wow. All right, okay, that was 
not the greatest <laughs> closing argument no, ever. Yeah. But he did touch upon some great things. He, he's so. pretty much clinched it for you there, Dave. So yeah. if you want to fuck it up, I mean, you could just stay there, but if you want to, yeah, you could try and. Oh, I'll run the risk of fucking re- it up myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the nail in the coffin, Dave. Well, yeah, this is the end of Bond as we know it, and I don't feel fine. This is, <laughs> has killed not just Daniel Craig's franchise, but the franchise that has gone before it. They've killed Bond. And it's kind of daunting as to what they're going to do with it next. You know, it's, it, who knows what the next plan is. It's a great exercise, this one. There's a, a phrase we often use, uh, you often use, actually, on the, on the trial, is uh, having your cake and eating it. This is a huge exercise in that. They've put a film out there, which as an action film, if this wasn't a Bond film, this was just another action film, would be torn to pieces because the villain is poorly acted and poorly presented. The, uh, the characters are underwritten and they get contrived into these different sort of you know, oh, let's give him a daughter so we care about him. It's like he's been around for since the 60s. If we don't care about him now, we're not going to. <laughs> it gets away with having a, a plot that doesn't make sense, huge pl- gaping plot holes left, right, and center. It gets away with them because it's a Bond film. The audience allow it to get away with them because it's a Bond film. But then it doesn't want to be a Bond film. It wants to have emotion. It wants to be died. It doesn't want you to have escapism. It doesn't want you to be able to relax and enjoy. It wants to do something else. It wants to make you sad as you're leaving the cinema, and that is not Bond. It is just not Bond. And yeah, uh, Dave's just showing me something on, Dave. I was saying there's lots of kind of, let's be honest, desperate callbacks to older movies. I, yeah. I didn't think they were desperate. I thought they were nice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Close, no, these are jumping in there. No, no, I'm throwing, I'm throwing it back there. They're not desperate. Yeah, he's been through an hour. They're not desperate throwbacks. They're really nice. Oh, remember this? Oh, remember when Bond was <laughs> here? Oh, exactly. do you remember as this? As much as I'm enjoying this, Dave, can you please... Uh, I would that's my impression of Albert <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this film gets away with so much purely because it's a Bond film that it doesn't deserve to because it doesn't want to be a Bond film. They've got a franchise here in the palm of their hand that other movie studios would kill for and they're throwing it back in the audience's faces. And that's a pure exercise in having your cake and eating it because they've killed Bond and like we're going to do something different next. And as the foot credits roll, James Bond will return. Mm. Just so they can be eating their cake while they think about what their next step <laughs> is. And it's no wonder no one's confirmed. You know, the producers and the director are probably just sat there in like a cake coma right now. <laughs> having eaten all the cake that they can't even, you can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> what is going to happen next with this franchise. It's a bit of a disaster. And like I say, if it wasn't a Bond film, it'd be torn to pieces. But because it's Bond and we did something out there... Mm. It's getting praised that it doesn't deserve. See, I've got a little point. You know, that, on, that's buddy. that's lovely. But <laughs> if if this if this studio, the directors, the production team were on Bake Off, they would be the winner of the Great British <laughs> Bake Off. Guys. That is, this that is, is this is a cake that deserves to be eaten and enjoyed thoroughly. No one would enjoyed. know because they're, they're going to bake the job. cake and they'll eat it themselves before Paul Hollywood and Prue Leith get anywhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> you and they deserve his it. fingers over your cake. <laughs> On that note, I will end our 200th episode. <laughs> On that fantastic note, pull Hollywood's fingers all over that cake. Uh, I'll finish the episode. Well done, guys. That was a hard-fought one. I've got a hell of a lot to think about. And, um, yeah, just, you know, this is the first time we've all met up and seen each other for a very long time. It is, so, it? It is. you know, well done. You know, people were getting very angry at each other. You know, I could see people like little looks along those. People are really getting quite emotionally invested in this one. So, well done, guys. I can't wait so, to go home just to have a little relax. A little slide. <laughs> <laughs> I did say this would be a good one for the 200th episode. I had my doubts until I saw the film, and then I was like, Jesus. oh, this, the word of the day is polarizing. <laughs> yeah, I see the regret in Captain Dave's eyes as soon as I started speaking. He was like, I shouldn't recommend this film. <laughs> <laughs>
Hello everyone, this is Gav coming to you from the future. So initially I recorded this episode as one big long episode. However, during the editing process, I realized just how long that is. So I've decided to split the episode up into two parts. The first part is going to involve the trial itself. And the second part is going to involve the big bumper films on trial quiz. Unfortunately, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that because I will be releasing it next week. But I will say it is a very good quiz and we had a lot of fun recording it. So I do hope that you do enjoy it. But in the meantime, let's head back over to the trial. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, okay, are we gonna are we gonna do this as part of the episode or? Who knows? I'll so figure it out later on. Figure it out later. Either yeah. you guys are listening to this as part of a two-parter, or I've just entirely cut that quiz out and you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, and that comes in a separate episode. <laughs> and I'm just gonna go straight into my judgment then. Do so, it, yeah. Right. Uh, so this was a tricky one to judge, uh, partly by the forty-minute like you know break <laughs> in between, but, but also. <laughs> Just because, yeah, it's it's quite a big one to, you know, it's to our 200th episode and also it's a big Bond film. You know, I don't know what number we're on Bond film-wise, but... Was it big or was it long? It was a long, big Bond film. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Okay. It was, that, you've but had also, like... It, it, Your Honour. It does, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to take the arguments over. The arguments are over now. It's my time to shine. Like, the, it does feel like a bit of a landmark Bond film as well, though. So it does feel like it was going for a big, big thing. Um. Which, if I'm honest, a little bit was a bit in its negative because I, I think for Bond films it always sort of goes on as a franchise mainly because you don't think too much about. It feels like this film's a bit going into the details about how you pick a new Bond and I never think that's been particularly clear. I don't think it's always been quite nicely a grey area about whether there's an actual 007 is like a, just a, a signature for a different Bond or if they just always get a, a smartly dressed suave white guy to do the to fill a role I, I always have quite enjoyed the fact that it's always a little bit vague so I'm, I'm, I, I sort of feel like this film delved into sort of issues that I'm not sure if it should have gone into to be honest and and, and, and went there however saying that I do think like it made some like big ballsy moves like you know that yeah you know here we are in, in Daniel Craig's and it has tried to actually do something a Bond film hasn't done before it's tried to you know nicely wrap up the, the entire the entirety of the films I think like the Amanda Arna's character and her performance sounds really, really interesting. As as do, finally, the final the, the female characters. I think I feel like actually some of the the characters in this were very, very interesting. Annoyingly, though, it does not sound like Remy Malik was interesting at all. And as a Bond film, the villain's always this very strong central character. And really, I don't think anyone thought that he did a very good job. The plot is very Bondy. I mean, it does sound like very Bondy plot. But I have to be honest, the plot sounded absolutely fucking shit. Like, I'm sorry, but it just sounded fucking terrible. Like, really convoluted. All of this, as soon as people said nanobots, I was sort of like, out. And then just nanobots kept getting said, and no one ever tried to really explain what nanobots were. So it didn't, it, I just wasn't convinced by the plot. But maybe I don't have to be. But then again, no one really was talking about an action set piece that really brought it together. You know, we talk about... Gold thing, you think about the DB5 going down that road and everyone, you know, and, and all of that. You know, you, you can think about action pieces. Everyone said the action was good, but no one really brought out an actual action set piece. I didn't have time. <laughs> I've got like loads of This episode has gone on at least three hours at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to talk about that stuff, I think, I, I I think we had time. Yeah. I just, I just, I, maybe the action, maybe I'll watch it and the action will jump out at me, but, but no one was saying stuff that really, really got it. I think. The thing that just sort of sums it up for me is that 
this sounds like an interesting watch. It sounds like it does interesting things with the franchise, but it doesn't sound like a fun watch, and it doesn't sound like it does things that I will find entertaining. And so, and I actually don't think that people will agree with this because I can see everyone's faces right now. <laughs> but I'm going to put it on a shit list, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure that like everyone agreed with their own points there. But from what you were saying, and you know, we always say that when you know, two hundred episodes in, we always say that we're never gonna like we base off the arguments. There's always a bit of subjective in there. For me, I really love Bond, and I do think it maybe it should have like finished quite a long time ago. And I just think this is too it's too self-referential. Self-referential. Too, <laughs> too self-referential. Too up its own arse. It should have just been a Bond film that just was a Bond film, and it went it went off on one. And, uh, and that's why I'm putting it on the shit list. But I'm very intrigued, and I do feel well, like you're guys. all going to say that it's good. Good luck, oh, no, no, well no, Yeah, well done, everyone. Well done. And uh, well done, well done to Alex for yeah, well, well, So, so here we do uh, honest opinions. So, firstly, I'm quite interested to hear what Captain Dave has to say because Captain Dave's quite, as we know, quite a big Bond fan. And a liar. And had a huge, huge Bond fan. A rascal and a liar. And he had like five pages worth of notes as well, which is more than he normally brings to it. Well, bear in mind, I was prosecuting, so I did have a lot to say. I actually didn't lie much throughout this one. My points were valid when I say, you know, I feel they're cashing in on Bond tropes while betraying the fans by, you know, discarding other Bond tropes. It is a case of having your cake and eating it. I do believe that. The bit I exaggerated was how much it bothered me. I do think the Bond franchise is in vast need of a reboot. I think, you know, times have moved on. This is something that started in the 1960s. Of course, it's going to be dated. Of course, it's going to be old-fashioned. I think a reboot was necessary. This is a bit too hard of a reboot than I was expecting. Killing James Bond was a step too far. But it, I'll, I'll sit back and see what happens next. You know, I am waiting. That's why I was talking about everyone's too full of cake to make a statement right now. <laughs> because I am waiting anxiously yeah. to see what they're going to do next. This is really quite tentative stuff. This could be the end of the franchise, or it could be the rebirth and the rejuvenation of it. We just don't know which. So, uh, you know, Carrie Fuganagua, if you're out there, you know, get in touch. No one's angry. <laughs> <laughs> you're not... You're not going to get in trouble. We just want to know what's going on with Bond. <laughs> it's not him, it's, it's Barbara Broccoli. It's her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he yeah. wrote this one. He, he had a hand in the uh, script. Yeah, so all in all, as an action film... Yeah, as an action film, it's, it's pretty... The action sequences are good. Craig is good. It's got a lot going for it. I think a lot of the plot foibles and pitfalls, you wouldn't forgive a regular action film. You let them off because it's Bond. So I think it is heavily flawed, but you will be entertained. Okay, so at the moment, I don't want to go and watch this at the cinema, should I, Dave? You will be entertained, um, but as a Bond fan, just brace yourself. It's okay. not what you're going to expect. Okay, so sticking with the Daves. Big Dave, what's your opinion? I like my Bond films. It was quite hard, actually, arguing with a lot of the points that you were making. I think with same with uh, Captain Dave. I like I liked a lot of it. The action scenes were brilliant, like the, the intro brought to the theme... At the intro, right the theme. The start of the film. No, no, no. The theme music from uh, from the intro right up to the the train leaving, and uh, and the music. I don't think the I don't think the theme was good. I don't, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to redo things like gold like Goldfinger and get those kind of get those kind of sounds work. But um, I thought overall a good film. I don't think I want to watch it again. 
I think they, when they started with Casino Royale, they had a really good thing going because it felt fresh and it was, it was, it felt small as well. It was like a small story being told in a, in a little area. I tried to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I think everyone in it was great. I loved, I loved quite a lot of the callbacks to kind of the older stuff. There's a scene like at the end there. I know I, I do still think that's the sets towards the end. Like the bad, the bad guy's lair was a bit disappointing. I still do think Remy Malik was underused. I don't really understand his motivation to for doing what he was doing. Um, there was the shot where obviously like Bond comes up and he's like shooting all the guys up the up the stairs for about felt like twenty minutes. And it gets really tiresome. But then he steps out, turns to the camera, shoots a guy, and it's the down the barrel shot. You know. And it's like, uh, you know, a little part of me wants to like, ah, it's, <laughs> it's Bond. It's good. I do. I, 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 uh, I, I, yeah, I love, I love a bit of Bond. And um, it felt like it, it tried to pay homage to some older stuff. But just finishing off like, hit or shit. What was yeah, sorry, I started getting into it a bit too much no, there. Yeah, but no, no, overall, yeah, hit. Um, hit for you. Yes. Hit for you, Dave? No, actually, no. Shit. Really? Yeah. I, I, honestly, what did you honestly, think of it? I genuinely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I was expecting it to be maybe it'd be good for a Bond film, but actually a shit film. But uh, genuinely, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was really good. It was great to see it in a cinema as well. I've not been to a cinema for quite some time properly. I can really enjoy it. Gav got me some uh, top seats, so the experience was uh, <laughs> good was a whole idea. part of it. And I think uh, this is a film that benefits from being in. Like in a cinema, like yeah, the, the, the whole Tango experience really of that, the, the explosions, the vibe. <laughs> yeah, it hit for me. Hit for me. So I, I agree with some of the stuff that they were saying. I do think which one, uh, Captain. I'm I'm big. Uh, Dave, comma Captain. Dave, comma Big. Uh, so I I do think there was some things there, like Rami Malek's villain, but was a bit underwhelming. But I could still appreciate him as a Bond villain. And one thing that did really piss me off about this. And I had a big argument with Siobhan afterwards. Was the Russian um, scientist? I thought he was shit. Siobhan was like, usually because she's she, you know, was a Russian historian. Hates Russian characters in films because they're always just played by Americans with bad Russian accents. She genuinely <laughs> liked that character, and I said he was just there for exposition. There's a there's a scene where he gets thrown down a shaft. But they, but they fire like metal um, like kind of no, it's, uh, yeah, oh yeah, magnets. Oh, magnets. magnets. He goes, but he oh, says magnets. Magnets. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, yeah, we know they were magnets. <laughs> yeah, we <got> it. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to say all magnets. Um, but overall, I thought it was fucking brilliant. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I thought like I, when I was saying it was perfect recipe for a bomb film, I th- I genuinely believe that. I thought the action was fantastic. Kai Fukunawa for me had all the great bits of Sam Mendes. But a little less serious, you know. There was there was some of the humor. He didn't even speak about Phoebe Waller Bridge being brought in from Fleabag to inject a bit of humor into it. I liked a lot of the humor that was there, like the set pieces, the locations, the stunt work was fantastic. Yeah. The way that Carrie Fukunawa filmed it as well, it was all sort of like for the hand to hand or the close gun combat. It was all very close up. Yeah, but for some of the scenes, I wish you'd said something this time. I know, I know. When you were talking, you spent an awful lot of time talking about We set the... Which I have to say, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. We set the narrative, they argued it. And do you know what? They're not even that 
bigger point. Yeah, of yeah. I, I don't know why you spent so long. We got lulled in. We got lulled in. It's a well plot. Played. It's, it's a well plot. Played. It's a plot device stolen from Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked yeah, But it also it's says something that we've had to spend so long explaining the plot. Yeah, is, yeah, is that yeah, yeah. convoluted? It's, it's quite. It's quite dense. But yeah, it, I I do think it's enjoyable. There wasn't a point where I was like, oh, this is this is dragging on a bit. I genuinely do think, as a Bond fan and as a, a fan of the nineteen sixties and early seventies Bonds, I do think that you will appreciate it. But I will be very interested to hear what your final verdict is next week. Anyway, so, so just, yeah. right, we're moving swiftly on, right? Swiftly, uh, there's nothing swift. I say swiftly, like two hours and thirty minutes into it. Uh, so, do you think it was higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Free Guy, which scored eighty percent critical and ninety four audience oh, on Tomatoes? I would right? say Free Guy got eighty percent. Yeah, eighty percent critical. It, it's, it's early days, though, isn't it? There is. There is I think Bob Bob the Eternals isn't even out yet, and it's already got ninety percent. Yeah. Like I think Bob the critics are going to be clapping their hands together at the fact someone killed Bond. And I think there's going to be too many diehard fans yeah, that, are going to be, that are going they to be upset <laughs> that they kill Bond. So I think critical will be higher. I think audience lower. I, yeah, I'm going to say lower on both, actually. I just think that people will... I, I think that probably people will be underwhelmed, even I though think. it's fucking... I, everyone I've spoken to about it has loved it. I just feel as though I'm, I'm often not right about these things, so I'm going to say lower. I think it will be very much the same as Free Guy. Uh, well, you know, it's, uh, Alex is nearly right, but Dave is, uh, Captain Dave is spot on the money. 84% critical and 88% audience. So it's not too far off. Uh, you know, it's, it's still a good, very, 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 very good score. I'm saying, like, it's still a good score. Like, I could produce a film that would score. <laughs> <laughs> critical well, and well done. <laughs> Wasn't that the original plan for films on trial? Just it, to get you enough money so that you could have a... It was, it was, but we never made enough money. <laughs> oh, or, or any... <laughs> We're in the red. We keep giving out Fred <laughs> Okay, so the next film has been picked out of the hat at random and it is Jumanji, the next level. So look forward to recording that one, guys. Um, just want to say thank you very much to everyone for your arguments. Really appreciate them. Thank you very much to anybody who has listened along to this episode. Really do appreciate every single listen. 200 episodes in now. We appreciate every single person that has taken the time out to listen, to download, to leave a comment. Uh, to message us on, on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, whatever, you know, we really do appreciate all the interactions. We are very, very grateful. But if you want to check out more Films on Trial content, go to our website, filmsontrial.co.uk, follow us on Twitter, at Film Trials, or Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, Films on Trial. So that is it. James Bond has had his time, he's died, and he's a shit. And we're going to be directly in your ears next week with Jumanji, The Next Level. Bye-bye. <laughs>